Hi there, I'm Brenna Pakes, the creative force behind Jewelry Navigator and the podcast. I'm a graduate gemologist from the Gemological Institute of America with an undergraduate degree in geology. For over 20 years, I've enjoyed a career in various aspects of the retail jewelry experience as a gemologist and jewelry consultant. I consider myself an advocate for both the consumer and the small independent jewelers and designers who serve their clients with jewelry choices that celebrate what makes them unique. If you're curious and easily enticed by the world of gems and want to know more, then you're in the right place. Jewelry Navigator Podcast has over 20,000 downloads, and it's a true pleasure to serve the consumer and designer community with sparkling news and gem facts in every episode. Now it's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Welcome aboard. Hi, and welcome back. It is a brand new year. 2022. I hope everyone had a wonderful, fabulous, beautiful holiday season. New years and new seasons are so exciting, don't you think? There's always things to get ready for and putting away the old and getting out new or even discovering things that you forgot you even have is some just sometimes so exciting. And one thing that I always encourage people to do is go through your jewelry box. And that's not necessarily what this podcast is about, but I am going to be talking more about that through the year and kind of assessing as we do with the new year, assessing what our goals are. And one of my goals is to talk more about gemology and jewelry on Jewelry Navigator podcast this year and continue with my original passion of educating consumers and listeners and um, just sharing what I know and what I learned through just working in the field and also from other jewelers, gemologists, and and the like, just people I come across in, in the industry. And Um, that kind of comes along with going to trade shows and trade shows are starting to come back slowly and cautiously, but I'm super excited to share that I will be attending the Tucson gem show in just a few weeks, along with some friends that I've made over the past couple of years, which I'm really excited about and I'll share with you. But, um, today's podcast, because January's birthstone is garnet, I have a lot of exciting facts and interesting things that you may not know about Garnet to share with you. And um, so I, I kind of went back and forth on what to title this podcast. And if you're not familiar with gemstones as a gemologist, some of the inclusions are really interesting. And the reason why I called this Horse Tails and Ant Hills the secret hidden treasures of garnets, um, is because, well, you know what? I'm not going to give it away just yet. If you don't know, I think you're going to be really pleasantly surprised. So, um, let me just share some announcements with you, some things that are exciting and coming up and some things that have already happened. And just want to remind you to maybe take a look. One thing that 
I did back in December was a holiday gift guide with some of my favorite designers and some other people that I just am really thrilled and excited to share with you. If you didn't get to see that, check out um, Jewelry Navigator Holiday Gift Guide. Even though it's um, you know it was a holiday gift guide, it doesn't mean that you have to reserve those kind of jewelry items or planning for a purchase for a holiday. You can self-purchase or you can plan ahead. And I really encourage people to do that along with knowing what you already have and planning a jewelry wardrobe. And like I said, that's something that I plan to get into as I, um, as I get into the year, this new year with Jewelry Navigator podcast. So another thing um, I wanted to share with you because I will be talking more about gemology and um, just the logistics of jewelry construction and informing and educating listeners and consumers on what to look for to help you along your way and your journey with your jewelry wardrobe is I decided to go back to school and I'm taking National Association of Jewelry Appraisers, their appraiser course. So I'm really excited to add that to my skill set. It will definitely be a process, but it's so exhilarating to get back into the real, one of my initial passions and um, looking at gemstones and diamonds and the inclusions and such. So I'm super thrilled about that. And another thing that I'm going to be kind of experimenting with is I'm going to open it up, open the podcast up to a sort of advertising where I'll highlight um, either a jeweler or a designer or someone in the industry to share what they what they have and what they do and what they sell on the podcast is kind of like a little advertising. So um, I'll kind of share with you who I selected for this one because it all ties into this podcast. And uh, I'm like I said, I'm still kind of experimenting with it. And I just started thinking, you know, I've have over 20,000 downloads and the life of a podcast never goes away. In fact, if you search some of the topics or some of the titles of my podcasts, they come up on Google. So it's a really valuable platform to be on. And if you're listening now and you're a designer or a jeweler and we've connected somewhere along the way and you'd like to discuss being featured as a um, as a featured designer for a sponsorship or even a new story, reach out to me at my email, and that's Brenna at jewelrynavigator.com. So as a gemologist and someone active in the jewelry trade or industry, whether you are behind a sales counter or you're working in a gem lab, or whatever your your niche is within the jewelry trade, it's really important to stay on top of trends and new gemstones coming into the market. And one of the best ways to do that is with a trade show. And Tucson Gem Show is coming up in just a few weeks. And if you're not familiar with the Tucson Gem Show, it's not just a single 
venue. It's actually (laughs) the whole town becomes part of the Tucson Gem Show and they convert hotels into entire shows. For instance, the Pueblo Gem Show is part of, it's, it's basically a hotel and vendors from all over the world come in and they convert individual hotel rooms into their showcases into their showrooms, their temporary showrooms, so that people who attend the show can go and see their jewelry, purchase gemstones for making their jewelry and things like that. Most of the shows are closed to the public, but some of them are open to the public, um, one of which is the Pueblo Gem Show. And with the Gem Show, the Tucson Gem Show, just a couple of weeks ago, today I'm sharing business partners Mary Vanderay and Todd Wax of Tucson Todd's Gems as today's guest feature episode sponsors. Since today's show is focused on the beautiful Garden of Garnets, I, I just can't help but allude to Garnets being kind of like a garden because as you'll learn, or if you already know, they literally do form in such a variety of colors. It looks like a blooming garden of gemstones. Anyway, I thought who better to share with my audience than two of my favorite gemologists and jewelers who do a fantastic job at educating the public and their clients on just how amazing colored gemstones are, especially garnets. In fact, Todd is credited with discovering a spectacular variety of color change garnet called pastel pyrope garnet, and it changes from a hot pink to vibrant purple, and it was discovered in Morogoro, Tanzania. In fact, Todd is a collector of all varieties of garnets, and if you go to Tucson, make sure you go and see them, and I'll, I'll give you the details in just a couple of minutes because he has a beautiful case filled with garnets that he's been collecting for, I, I don't even know, I'll have to ask him when I see him. And, um, but they're just amazing to see just the different varieties and some are faceted and some are actual mineral specimens. So it's really interesting to see how they start and what they look like before they're faceted. But he facets the vibrant garnet gems from beautiful material which are often commissioned by Mary, Mary Vanderay, for new collections that she's creating or for private client requests. While they're both graduate gemologists and graduate jewelers of GIA, together Mary and Todd collaborate to create jewelry that Mary designs and fabricates. She sets She sets her jewelry with the unique gemstones that are often rare and fasted by Todd, and she's committed to, as she says, saving the world from ordinary, which she certainly does. And that's what drew me to them, first of all, because her her jewelry is just mesmerizing, jaw-dropping, and it just draws you in. And ever since I've been going to the Tucson Gem Show, which hasn't been very long, I would say this will be my third, my 
third year of going, I always head there one of the first days. So if you'll be in Tucson for the gem shows, they will be at the Pueblo Gem Show in room 107. And just one more thing, you can hear more about Mary's story and the gemstones she sets in her jewelry in Jewelry Navigator podcast, The Amazing Talents of Gemologist and Jeweler, Mary Vanderay. So let's move on and I'll share a little bit about the background of garnets and some of the the ways that it's misunderstood, but how you can enjoy more about this fascinating gemstone and its varieties. If you could plant a gem garden using garnets as the seeds, you would see some of the prettiest flowers. I know I made this this analogy a couple of minutes ago, but it is so true. The colors are so vibrant and so beautiful. Most people are used to seeing garnets as the traditional red variety, and that's like an uh, it's um, gemological, gemologically and mineralogically. It's called almondine or almondite. It's a brownish red garnet, which is beautiful in and of itself. But if you just had that one choice. If you knew there were others, would you maybe choose a different color? Maybe? I think I would. But it's always so fun to share that they do come in every color, and some even even color change, change their colors, and I'll get to that in a minute. But the reason is that like many minerals or gemstones, there are several varieties or colors. So if you're familiar with sapphires, sapphires aren't just blue. They come in every color, and that's called allochromatic, where the gemstone or the mineral is formed in all different colors. So because of those varying chemical components, it results in different colors, and sometimes the geologic and even the biological environments in which they formed are responsible for the color variations. And I'll share an example with you in just a minute. But to go into a little bit more detail so you understand how um, garnets are formed in different colors, I pulled up this little blurb on GIA's website, which I will share in, um, I think I'm going to make another, another, um, like magazine newsletter. So I'll post this in that and you'll, you'll see this on my Instagram, but according to GIA, and this is a really simple breakdown, um, quote, this is their little article blurb. Garnets are a set of closely related minerals that form a group resulting in gemstones in almost every color. Red garnets have a long history, but modern buyers can pick from a rich palette of garnet colors, including greens, oranges, pinkish oranges, deeply saturated purple reds, and even some blues. Red garnet is one of the most common and widespread of gems found in metamorphic rocks, which are, uh, which are rocks altered by heat and pressure on every continent. A little side note before I continue, um, when I would be in my gemology labs, this is kind of fun. I don't know if you had a gemology or I'm I'm sorry, a geology lab, um, 
in my geology class, I would always gravitate towards the garnet schist. And a schist is a kind of metamorphic rock where um, the minerals are often uh, very soft. And within it are these teeny tiny, perfectly formed little crystals of garnet. And a lot of times you can barely um, touch them with your fingernail and they come right off. That was just fascinating to me. But um, garnets can also be indicator minerals for diamonds. It's just another side uh, side note as well. In fact, they're sometimes included crystals inside diamonds. I think there's a really good picture somewhere that I will post. Um, it's just another mind-blowing aspect of gemstones and their formations that I just get a real kick out of. But anyway, continuing on with the little article. But not all garnets are as abundant as the red ones. Green, a green garnet called savorite also occurs in metamorphic rocks, but is rarer because it needs unusual rock chemistries and special conditions to form. And this is what I was referring to um, a couple minutes ago. Savorite was discovered in the Savo National Park in Africa, in East Africa, and the original environment in which the rocks that form savorite or in which savorite form were rich in um, chromium and vanadium, which are responsible for the deep, beautiful, vibrant green of savorite. It's to me, it's prettier than emerald. Maybe that's just me because it's so different, but it is a pure green. It's just stunning. But unfortunately, because the way they formed in these metamorphic rocks and at a certain point they were folded and crushed and moved over, there are rarely any large crystals of savorite. So you will rarely see a large faceted savorite gemstone. And this is why I just get so geeked out and so excited about learning the background of these gemstones and the environments in which they form, because it explains these kind of things where, um, some other gemstones that are more abundant or larger, they are, they came from crystals that were larger. Um, they can afford to make larger gemstones, larger faceted, um, resulting gemstones. So anyway, back to the article again. Garnets can even exhibit the color change phenomenon similar to the rare gemstone alexandrite. All garnets have essentially the same crystal structure, but they vary in chemical composition. These are more than there are more than 20 garnet categories called species, but only five are commonly or commercially important as gems. And these five are pyrope, Almondine, also called almondite, spessartine, grossular or grossularite, and andradite. The sixth is uvarevite, which is a green garnet that usually occurs as as crystals are too small, too small to cut. Sorry, it's sometimes set as clusters in jewelry, and many garment garnets are chemical mixtures of two or more garnet species, which is really cool. So a little um, geologic background there for you to have a better understanding of why garnets come in all these different colors. And I challenge you when you go into a jewelry store, ask the jewelers, ask the um, 
ask the people there, do they have other color garnets? And if they do, can you see them? One thing I was going to share with you, uh, kind of alluding to um, the title that I was considering to the podcast is horse hair. <laughs> and a horse hair inclusion is indicative or it's commonly seen in demantoid garnet, which is kind of a yellowish green garnet originally discovered in Russia. And it's called demantoid garnet because demantoid is a derivative or an allusion to a diamond-like luster, which garnets do have a very high luster. And um, there's an inclusion that is very specific to the Russian demantoid garnets. And it actually looks like a horse's hair. It's um, strands of, a, of another mineral inclusion all lined up that kind of look like a horse's tail. So I'll be sure to post one of those images on my uh, Instagram for you to see. I found a great article in Southern Jewelry News by Diana Jarrett, a graduate gemologist. She has a regular column in this uh, jewelry newsletter, this jewelry newspaper, actually. It's um, a jewelry magazine that's published for jewelers and gemologists. She has the most interesting articles, and she wrote one in November 10th, 2016, in Southern Jewelry News about... Uh, demantoid garnet. So I'm going to read just a little bit to you about the gar the demantoid garnet and these these um, iconic or these special inclusions, horsetail inclusions. She says demantoid garnets are an uncommon lot and highly collectible, not just for their rarity but also for their dazzling color. This garnet family member is an andradite mineral rich in calcium and iron. A chromium substitution causes the iconic demantoid green tint. What have we found here? She asks. In general, garnets have been around for a thousand years, but the demantoid variety not so much. Late in the 19th century, Russian miners picking around the Ural mountain range came upon these remarkable, highly refractive bits. Not at all like the garnet of any color they were used to seeing, the name demantoid stuck as a reference to its diamond-like high dispersion. Russian jeweler to the aristocracy Carl Fabergé made good use of the sparkly bits, incorporating them into his regal suites until the austerity of the Russian Revolution put the kibosh on anything fun, including wearing jewelry. Those were some dark days. Fortunately, they are in everyone's rearview mirror and the green stones are back in vogue everywhere. In the 1970s to the 1990s, a greater horde was discovered in Russia's Bobrovka River region. In the late 90s, a significant Namibian find was located in what is now known as the Green Dragon Mine. Speaking of which, Tucson Todd's Gems and Mary Vanderay have some of those beautiful Namibian demantoid garnets. She goes on to say, like many gemstones, certain telltale inclusions help establish the identity of a stone and many times its provenance. Russian demantoid often contain curious chrysotile inclusions dubbed horsetails that were thought to mimic the equine's plumy back end. 
They are considered diagnostic for identification of a demantoid garnet since they do not appear in any other gemstone. Thought to be the sole identifier of Russian demantoid, horsetail included demantoid from Namibian sources has yet to be found bearing these rare inclusions. So that's really interesting and a really key factor to us gemologists if we see that it's the only gemstone that has that kind of inclusion in that color green, then it's it's a positive identification for a demantoid garnet. But interestingly enough, I, I'd love to see, I've never seen a Namibian demantoid garnet up close. So maybe I'll share that with you when I go visit Tucson Todd's Gems and see what I can see inside a Namibian demantoid garnet. Does that sound like fun? Sounds like fun to me. So let's see, where does that leave us? I shared with you, oh yeah, okay. So we covered the horsetail and the horsetail inclusions. And I shared with you um, that garnets can be an indicator mineral for diamonds and they're found in metamorphic rocks. But what you might not know is they can be found around anthills. Remember when I explained to you about the garnet schist rock, the really soft host rock that has little teeny garnet crystals in it? Well, over time, garnets or crystals that are in a host rock eventually erode just through uh, forces of erosion, whether it's water or weather, eventually the rain washes things into um, the surrounding area. These little garnets ended up in the sand in the dirt around ant hills. So let me read this description to you from Rock Seeker website. They have a great little article about ant hill garnets, and that's the true title of these specific garnets and where they're found and how they're mined by these little ants. Ant hill garnets are rare and unique in a manner in, in the manner in which they are collected. The garnets are found only in the Four Corners area of the southwestern United States, south of Monument Valley, Valley and near the small towns of Cayenta and Garnet Ridge. These small, exquisite stones are mined not by human hands, but yes, it's true, ants, specifically fairly large-sized reddish-brown southwestern harvester ant. The ants haul the precious gemstones to the surface as they dig and repair their underground home. The ant hills are generally only a few inches high, but mounds may easily spread out as far as four feet on the surface and descend as far as eight feet underground. As these seed-eating industrious insects expand their tunnels, they move the tiny garnet stones along with other small pebbles. Stones too large to carry are left in place as the ants simply dig around them. The area's periodic rains then transport the loose discarded stones down the side of the ant hill while simultaneously washing them clean. The garnets are easily recognized as they present a colorful, sparkling contrast with the surrounding soil. Isn't that so cool? I don't think I'd ever heard of any kind of uh, 
animal or insect mining a gemstone like that. They are usually, I think, the almondine or pyrope type there, the dark red. But um, the only jewelry I've seen set with this is one of Mary Vanderay's hex rings, which is um, set with a, a stone in the middle. And then all around the edges of the stone, she channel, specifically channel sets these stones, smaller stones in stations around all along the perimeter of the shank of the ring. So Todd either acquired these anthill garnets or faceted them himself and had Mary set them all along the perimeter of the shank of the ring inset into these channels. And it makes such a striking, beautiful contrast between the bright orange of the spessartite garnet in the middle and these vibrant, rich red anthill garnets. So it's such a great use of two varieties of garnets in this hex ring that Mary made for him. So lastly, I'm going to bring this back around and share a clip from a visit that I had with Mary and Todd a couple of years ago at the Pueblo Gem Show, where she's explaining to me this really fascinating discovery of a brand new special kind of color change garnet. And this happens to be the audio portion of a video that I took during this visit. So I'll also post this on my Instagram or as well in the publication that I'm getting ready to sort of like a newsletter. So I'll make sure I include that too. So here's our visit and Mary sharing with us the story of the discovery of the pyrope, the pastel pyrope color change garnet with Todd. This next case is what I would, am so excited to share with you. And um, you'll have to tell this story, Mary, about how you and Todd came across this um, undiscovered collection of, of rough. It's a very interesting story, actually. Um, so these stones were actually, the, the rough was found in 1987 in, in Morogoro, Tanzania. Uh -huh. And it was basically locked away in a safe until I think it was about 2014-ish when it was released on the market. And um, we're not really sure why it was held away or why it was released. My only thought is that maybe they're becoming a lot more cutters looking for more rough and let's get some more on the market. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, my business partner, Todd, decides to pick up some of this rough, described as just pink garnet. We love garnets, and we love I love pink. And he ends up cutting one of them, and instantly, of course, I had to put it into a ring. So as he was setting it into their ring in our house, he moved from the light at the bench to the light in the house and noticed a color change uh -huh. and thought, well, this is really unusual. And he showed me, and I was like, I don't know. And being fresh gemologist, I guess, uh, he instantly went and did all kinds of his own testing at the house and still couldn't really put his finger on what these garnets were. So he sent it to the lab at GIA. And long story short, they came back and said that they had never seen this type of garnet before mm -hmm. in the history of garnet. And they actually were going to create a brand new uh, variety of garnet in which became the first ever color change pyrope garnet. Uh, what's interesting about this is that most pyrope garnet, well, first of all, pyrope is Greek for the word fire, so you can imagine that rich, dark, deep brown. Uh, most of it has those shades. These have pink and purple, which is unusual to me because you don't see any of those colors in, in the other variety. Right. Um, but anyway, then they wrote this great article about it. 
put a bunch of uh, Todd Stones in there and whatnot. It was one of the biggest articles they wrote, uh, introducing this to the trade. And um, the article came out in 2015 winter. And so at Tucson 2016, we had them out. We were ready with the magazine and they, they have been selling away. But unfortunately, there's not a lot of this material. So mm -hmm. it's kind of what's left is left. And mm -hmm. if you're interested, then it's something that a lot of collectors purchased in the beginning right. and are still buying. And they also have been selling a lot for engagement rings and different things because they're unusual. Yes. And as far as I know, there's no other stone that color changes from purple to pink naturally mm -hmm. um, that you could find anywhere. Right. And actually, speaking of the color change, yes. I'll show you one. Okay. Do you want to do the pendant? Sure, I'll do the pendant. Okay. They go from in your daylight, which is this is similar to your Alexandre. If you've heard about it at all, how it how it changes color, uh -huh. um, you get this really really nice purple in the daylight, and then when you introduce incandescent light, which mm -hmm. would also be a romantic candle at dinner, That's sometimes perfect. at different apartment stores, yes. you would then go to this hot pink and it happens color. to be on your your poster. Yes, that's actually this is what we are known for. Yes, um, we have the purple to the pink. Yes, and uh, also. The purple to the pink in the hair, which is definitely pretty fun because they actually happen to be my favorite two colors. So it's uh -huh. great to have it in a stone and a little in the hair and then the science. But, <laughs> yes. They're beautiful, beautiful, very unique stones. And they're, they're kind of a potpourri mix uh -huh. in between them. Um, these stones actually contain a tiny percentage of goldmanite, I believe, and it's uh, never been found in any gem garnet ever oh, before. Interesting. So it's, it's a really interesting mix. Yes, it is. So if anybody wants to work with the Color Change Pyro, contact Todd or Mary, and they'll be happy to set you up. This hex pendant happens to be accented on the side with Mahenge Pink Spinel, yes. which are stones that are so incredible in color that even in the dark, they will still glow. Oh my they are incredibly sought after in the, in the Spinel world. I love that combination. Oh my god, me too. It's so beautiful. I love enhancing the purple with the hot pink. Yes. So now that I have you completely curious and wondering what this looks like and how fantastic the color changes, and it is, it's spectacular, you're just going to have to check it out. You're just going to have to follow me on Instagram and especially when I show up in Tucson and I go hang out with Mary and Todd at Tucson Todd's Gems at the Pueblo show, I will definitely be probably posting some things live. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe um, just some fun, spectacular, special things coming up at the Tucson show, especially at the Pueblo Gem show. Anyway, I hope that you really enjoyed this introduction to Garnets, the birthstone for January. If you're a January baby, aren't you excited to learn that you don't have to wear the dark red garnet? As beautiful as it is, it's really exciting to know that you have other color options. So make sure that you tag along with me on my Instagram posts. I'll definitely post this video component to the audio that you just heard with um, Mary and Todd at the show. I think it was 2020. That was the last time um, that the February show went on live. And I'm super excited that it's going to be going on live this year. So I am, um, will be definitely keeping you posted. And if you can't make it to Tucson, which 
Most people unfortunately can't, or maybe this is the first time that you're just learning about the shows in Tucson. I want to mention that Mary and Todd actually might be coming to a city near you. They tour the country, and I'm going to pull up, um, you can pull up their show schedule either on tucsontoddsgems.com or maryvanderay.com. That's her last name is V, as in Victor, A N D E R A A. That's maryvanderay.com. And they both on their websites have their show schedule for 2022. And I'll just read them off quickly. Um, they kick it off every year in Tucson. And then um, they just kind of crisscross the country through the rest of the spring and summer. Um, Denver, Colorado, Edison, New Jersey, Dallas, Texas, Franklin, North Carolina, Spruce Pine, North Carolina, West Springfield, Massachusetts, Lebanon, Pennsylvania, and then back west to Denver, and uh, they'll be in the Midwest in Detroit, and in the fall, they'll be in Tampa. Um, There are some other shows that are to be determined, and they also have an option for you to suggest a show. So if you know of a show near you, a gem and mineral show that could use an exciting new vendor, a duo team that not only has rough and cut gems, but also someone there ready and available to set them into jewelry designs, let Mary and Todd know. I'm sure they'd love to know about it. Before I go, I want to thank and mention the resources that I referenced in the podcast. The first one was GIA and it was Garnet Descriptions. And the website to that is www.gia.edu slash Garnet description. And then we had Diana Jarrett from Southern Jewelry News. The article is titled All Tail, No Horse. And that's southernjewelrynews.com. And the third resource was Rock Seeker, where to find Ant Hill Garnets, rockseeker.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I really hope you enjoyed the stories and uh, descriptions and a little bit more about the secrets, the hidden secrets about garnets. So until next time, cross-check your sparkle and talk to you later. Bye-bye.